Hey everybody, happy Sunday morning. My name is Mike Barrera. As you can tell, I am by myself tonight. Uh, there was this very last minute spontaneous recording. We didn't record on Friday night. Today is actually Saturday night. It's about 11.15ish um, today on Saturday night. But it's been so crazy in Philly right now with the sports scene. The Union are obviously doing great. The Eagles are 6-0. The Phillies, uh, within about 10 minutes or so, will have uh, gained a 3-1 to lead over the San Diego Padres in the NLCS, which is just... Hard to believe after what we saw earlier this season. And, of course, the Sixers and Flyers are starting up. Again, the Sixers, you'd think, would be starting off on a, on a good note, but they're actually 0-3. They lost to the Spurs tonight. So, surprisingly, the Flyers have a better start than the uh, the Sixers do, considering the Flyers are really just the uh, the, the bottom level uh, of the NHL compared to what we expected the Sixers to be this season. So, again, this is just a last-minute show. I want to keep it relatively short, about 15 minutes or so. But, again, it's so exciting right now. I just couldn't record and get my voice out there and talk about the, you know, the, the Philly sports scene right now, because it is exciting and everybody's just in a great mood right now. So it's it just, you know, something you have to chime in and, and, you know, give your two cents on. But before I get started on the Philadelphia Union, right, our show is based around the Union. And on Thursday night, they pulled off a very, very tough and gritty uh performance and victory over FC Cincinnati. So before I get into that, let me read off our sponsors real fast, and then we can get into the more enjoyable part of the show. Uh, first up, we have Statement Games at statementgames.com. It's a fun new way to fancy sports and entertainment. You can with gift you can win gift cards and prizes. It's free to sign up at statementgames.com. Next up is one of our newest sponsors, Doan Distillery at the Trolley Barn Public Market in Quakertown. That's DoanDistillery.com to check out their wide variety of drinks, spirits. So please join us also on Sunday, October 30th for the AAT Birds pregame show. That's right before the Eagles and the Steelers uh, game. But uh, like myself, I'm also going to be going to the Union game later that night. So it's going to be a very busy sports day on that 30th. Next up, we have Vinny's Pizza and Restaurant in Allentown. Discover a new favorite by trying their top pizzas and so much more. Check out their new website at Vinny'sPizzaRestaurant.com. And then lastly, we have Stuffed to the Grills at 6750 Iroquois Trail Number 5, right next to Vinny's Pizza. So it's a perfect spot right there, also in Allentown. It's StuffedToTheGrills.com. They have homemade hot and cold sandwiches, salads, appetizers, baked goods available for any event. So please check them out. And Vinny's, like I said, right in the same lot uh, for some excellent food. And then lastly, we have the Across the Pitch gear and the AAT Net Sports Network shop at aatsportsnetwork.com slash shop for a lot of cool stuff christmas is right around the corner get some cool eagles gear uh, i'm going to be working with johnny for some union a union design especially if they win the title i'm definitely going to try to get a cool union design out for that uh, championship if they get it so cross your fingers on that and that is our sponsor read so again the the union hosted fc cincinnati this past thursday if you remember from the Earlier this season, they drew 1-1 at home against Cincinnati, and then they went to um, Ohio, and they kind of got their ass handed to them 3-1. So there was some nerves, you know, when we saw the outcome that was FC Cincinnati taking care of the Red Bulls, I think a lot of fans were nervous. We wanted to to see the Red Bulls because we feel like we're pretty comfortable against them. We knew that Cincinnati was going to bring a lot of intensity. They were going to make it very tough for us to get into the flow of the game, which is basically what happened. On top of that, you had 10 days off and we really were not comfortable coming out of that break. We, I feel like as union fans were never comfortable coming out of the break. So we were just nervous. I think in the first 45 minutes, you saw a bit of that rust. I think some of the, the uncharacteristic uh, aspects of the team kind of came to head there. We had some bad passing. Andre Blake had a very 
very rare blunder when he tried to clear a ball and it just kind of muffed the kick and it was basically stayed around uh, the Philly box. Then, you know, I know he's the hero later, but Leon Flack had a couple bad moments in the, in the first half offensively, a bad cutback pass. Um, he just, you know, he got beaten off the ball from behind. He had a turnover that led to an opportunity for Cincinnati against Blake. So for me personally, I was watching that first half and I was like, they seemed off. Their passes seemed off. They were letting Cincinnati have too much time around the, the Philadelphia box. And personally, when that whistle blew at halftime, I think majority of us were relieved. We we're like, okay, finally we survived it. We made zero, zero. Let's get to the locker room. Let's regroup. Let's try to get back and, you know, take the lead and, and secure this game. But, you know, entering the match, I was hoping for a two to one victory over Cincinnati. I was talking to Skyler who does union nation. I was like, you know, him and I both talked about, you know, one goal will probably win this game. And sure enough, that's what was, that was the case in the second half. But, but the way the game was, relatively evenly matched and how physical it was. And you could see the union players getting beaten up pretty, pretty well throughout the game on top of uh, four being a terrible official uh, official that night, because if you weren't at the game or watching the game, you missed really how bad he was as a head official. And after the match, Jim Curtin said, Hey, it was Tim Ford's, you know, uh, first playoff match. I'm going to leave it at that though. So it's very, it was kind of understood that he, it was not a good officiating performance, um, but it was physical. It's very physical. Like I said, and considering it's the first playoff game against two teams that are pretty familiar with each other, considering the coaching staff and the players on staff, not exactly surprising, but you get out of the first half, you survive and you go to the second half. And that's really where Leon Flock has stepped up in the biggest way. But before Leon even had his moment, you have to give credit to Jack McGlynn and Daniel Gosdok. Uh, Daniel, of course, was snubbed for an MVP finalist um, vote, which I thought was ridiculous. Yes, Andre Blake 100% deserves to be MVP, but Gosdok had such a spectacular season, especially he ended the season with, you know, with so many goals on, on decision day. You'd think he would finally get into that that category of MVP finalists. I'm sure he was disappointed, but alas, um, you know, we were expecting big things out of him on Thursday. And then on top of that, Alejandro Bedoy has been dealing with injuries. We saw him on decision day for about 20 minutes or so, but unfortunately he wasn't able to play and he wasn't even in the lineup or on the bench at all. So Jack McGlynn had to step in and talking to Jim Curtin after the match, you know, he said in the press, the press conference, Jack had some good moments. Sure. But it also looked like sometimes the speed of the playoffs kind of got to him a bit. And it's a great learning experience for Jack McGlynn. But in that particular moment leading up to the goal, you saw Jack and Daniel kind of playing off each other, getting the ball into the box, finding Julian, finding Daniel again. Daniel gets bumped off the ball in the box. And, you know, the crowd thought maybe been a foul, whatever. But, but Michael comes in there, takes the ball, and Leon Flock is just completely wide open in the box, which I guess goes to show you how little they expected him to score. But Michael does just enough to get it to him, and Leon puts a fairly ugly-ish left-footed shot on net, and it just went in in the one spot that Salentano could not reach. It was a great shot. The crowd erupted. You could see almost like the surprise and excitement from all the Union players when it went in. Um, they mobbed Leon Flock, which is great. I'm very happy for him. He's he's a hell of a defensive player, and I know offensively he's still figuring it out. He's still very young. I know he's just basically a kid compared to players like Bedoya or you know uh, Michael, etc. But he stepped up in a big moment, and he made up for those 
ticky-tack offensive issues he had earlier in the game. But I know after the match, Jim Curtin was joking around saying, you know, listen, Leon doesn't exactly like shooting drills at practice. He doesn't like doing it. And I get on him. His teammates get on him as well, and they push him and push him. And, you know, they need him to be serviceable offensively. If he is going to do a cutback pass, make sure it's going to somebody. Because I know we saw on decision day he had one cutback that went to basically nobody. If he's going to be um, trying to, you know, pull off a defender and hold off a defender on the ball, be strong and hold off a defender on the ball. Um, you know, do your best to, to be serviceable offensively. But at least when you have a chance in net like he did on Thursday – put on target and hope for the best. And basically that's what happened. So it looks like Jim and his teammates pushing him to be better offensively and pushing him during shooting drills finally paid off. So I can't, I'm not, you know, I, I can't say anything more about that for Leon. I'm very happy for him as I'm sure all his teammates and all the other fans are as well. But I want to go back to the referee. So around the 75th ish 80th minute, I know there was one moment where I believe Daniel, um, hit his head on one of the Cincinnati players. I think Carranza went down at the same exact time. No foul was called whatsoever. And then the ball gets sent across the across the field. It gets knocked out by a Cincinnati player. Ford can't even see who knocks the ball out, and he calls it out of bounds for a corner kick for Cincinnati, which is just ridiculous because you could see it on the replay clear as day. So the ball keeps going back and forth. I know Jose Martinez then puts an extremely risky slide and gets a yellow card and earns Cincinnati or, you know, gives Cincinnati a free kick, which thankfully went way over the net. But there were so many bad moments referee wise that led to these chances from Cincinnati that you thought if they can just beat Andre Blake, it's going to be one, one, this is going to go to extra time. This is going to go to penalty kicks or something ridiculous. And we, that's what kind of what our fear was the entire time. When is it going to be against us? And thankfully Andre Blake was spectacular. He made some saves that were just incredible. After the match, again, Jim Curtin praised Andre, says it's such an honor to, to coach him. But on top of that, he said how Andre eliminates plays before they turn into shots, which is so true. He mentioned how a lot of ref, a lot of I'm sorry, a lot of keepers will step back on their line and maybe watch something develop where Andre will go out there and kind of take care of business before it even starts. So credit to Andre again. I want Gazdog to be a MVP finalist, sure. But Andre Blake showed, hey, this is why I'm an MVP finalist because I am the best keeper in the league. And for people who suggest otherwise, I know there's arguments for other other keepers, but if you watch Andre, you can tell that he is by far the best keeper in the league. So he he had an outstanding performance. He made up for the fact that the referees were not helping the union in and you know in the slightest bit. And um and a credit to the back line, credit to Jack and, and Glessness and Baizo, who I thought played well, and Kai, who made it tough for the front three for Cincinnati to get the ball rolling. Not that our front three did much, you know, did, did much more, but uh, the defense held up and they held their own. And to have a 1-0 victory, playoff victory at home is a great momentum builder and a great confidence booster because you have been kicking everybody's ass at home left and right, which is awesome. You want to win six, nothing every time, right? That's the goal to score as many goals as possible. But the problem is, is that doesn't really prepare you for the playoffs. And as Jim said in the press conference, I'm going to keep going back to the press conference because there's a lot of good notes on that. You know, you can't teach playoff experience. You can't teach playoff intensity. You have to experience it. And for them to have this tough performance, to have all the years beforehand, the losses, all that stuff led them to this moment to be able to overcome this very intense attack from Cincinnati. Um, you know, credit to them for just withstanding that. But, you know, back to Andre real quick. Um, 
in the you know of course Bedoy was out, so that means he's the captain. And I think all season long, and also parts of last season, Curtin has mentioned how Blake has taken a more leadership like role with the team, whether it be the locker room, whether it be on the field. I mean, obviously you see him to, you know on the game in the pitch, you know being a leader, uh, you know yelling at the back line, making sure everybody's in place. But when Bedoy is not in that lineup and he's not in the huddle, Blake is then has to step up and be the leader. And he mentioned in the press conference that, you know, during the regular season, you have to get these guys pumped up. You know, it's, it's again, it's a game against DC United. You know, it's not this huge match with massive implications. It's harder to get people motivated, but in the playoffs, he said in the press conference several times, it was all about being calm, being relaxed. He's telling these guys, just stay calm. He said in the second half, when they started off in, in Cincinnati, was kind of pressing them. He said, Hey guys, I'm a little flustered. Let's take a step back. Let's calm down. So he was really emphasizing being calm. But I think that conversation with him and Curtin's words show you how important of a leader Andre Blake was that night and has been over the past season. So, again, going back to the presser, he really emphasized that that mentality. And Leon then, you know, of course, chimed in and said, you know, this is just the next step for us. This is not the championship round coming up. You know, we want, are happy to be back in the Eastern conference final. I know Andre who missed it last year is happy to be there, happy to play, but this is just the next step. And they're, they're really focusing on the goal here, which is the MLS cup title. Um, if you go to the Eastern conference final and you lose this whole season was basically for nothing. I'd say most people would, would argue that it was a, a failed season because I think at least an MLS Cup final appearance would be a victorious season. Um, but this team certainly reaching for it and going for it. And with that mentality and the way they play and the way they stepped up on Thursday, I think they can absolutely beat anybody in Chester. Now, whether they can beat LAFC in L.A., I don't know if you guys missed the match also on Thursday night, LAFC and LA galaxy went to the wire basically. And in the death um, LAFC put out the third goal to, to steal the deal and send it the galaxy home. But unfortunately for the union fans, that means as long as LAFC advances, there is a chance we would have to go to LA to play in the MLS cup final, which is not a good feeling in the slightest bit because as long as they're in Chester, I have a great confidence in this team to take care of business. And the next round is against either Montreal or NYCFC. We took care of NYCFC twice already this season. I'm feeling great about that. I personally want revenge. I want to get that COVID year, you know, just off our back, say we were the better team last year. We're the better team this year. We can beat you again if we had a chance. Montreal is very tough. If you remember earlier in the season, they were up one nothing. They scored a second goal, but it got called back for a foul. And then we went boom, boom, scored two goals in a row. We took that game. That very much could have been a Montreal win. And then when we hosted them, we should have won 2-0, in my opinion, at least, if not more. We let a lot on the board. It was 1-0. They had a great goal to make it 1-1, and we drew it home, which is just unacceptable. So I personally think we can beat Montreal. But I also think they can beat us too. Um, so I, I'd almost rather stick with NYCFC for the narrative, for the revenge, and then just go from there. Tomorrow, or I guess today, for everybody listening on Sunday, you have a Montreal play NYCFC at 1, and then Austin and FC Dallas play at 8 o'clock. I'm not sure who I want out of Austin and FC Dallas. I think I'd rather play Austin personally. I don't know. I guess I'm going for the big guns here. I also didn't like how we played against FC Dallas when we played against them at Dallas. But again, that's a way, a tough environment. We I don't think we've ever won in to begin with, so kind of let that go. But 
again, I can only talk so much by myself. I'd rather you not hear my voice for more than 20 minutes or so. So that is a, a recap of this past week. Like I said, the union pulled it off. Um, I, you know, I, I agree with Curtin when he says it was a good performance, right? You had some good moments, some good chances on that. You had some great defensive moments. Leon Flock ends the game with a block. You had Mbizo really stepping up. You know, he had a great cross to Daniel that should have been the first goal of the game, but it wasn't. So there's was a lot of good opportunities, a lot of good moments. But then you had the ticky-tack fouls that went against us that really kind of slowed our momentum. You had some bad passing. You had some maybe careless fouls that picked up yellow cards, like Martinez's yellow card, for example. So a few things you got to touch up. Get your head clear. Got Get your body right. And they'll be back on Sunday the 30th. I believe the times are still out to be decided. Uh, last time I checked, I believe Tannenwald said they'll be decided after Sunday's matches. So you'll probably know at some point later Sunday afternoon and evening. Um, but again, that's across the pitch for tonight. Hopefully we'll be back next week. Um, depends on Dave's or Jose's schedule. And, uh, you know, happy Sunday. Enjoy the Eagles bye week. And hopefully the Phillies today on Sunday can close it out and go to the World Series, which would be awesome if they can win the World Series and the Union could be in the MLS Cup playoff because, listen, no time, no better time to be a Philly fan than right now. Doop.